keeping it simple. Boy, I could go anywhere with this. Okay, I want you to imagine with me that there's a big screen right here. And that screen is a time machine. And we've got the controls on it. And I'm going to turn it back about, do a little research. I think it's close to, say, uh, 100,000 years, something like that, when our ancestors were just fumbling around, extending themselves and making communities. I want us to find the first prayer. Get up the machine, we'll hone in on it. We'll do a little focusing and find that first ancestor. Now, you've got to decide how the script reads. Is it a prayer of thanksgiving or a petition coming from fear? What do you think it would be? How many say it was a prayer to, for protection because of fear? Hold up your hands. Okay, I got to do that. I tried to talk myself out of that, but I couldn't do it. How many thanks it would be for Thanksgiving? Good, good. The faithful remnant. <laughs> we human beings have been around a long time, and if you, you know, you get Wikipedia and you do a little primary research, you refresh some of the knowledge you probably was exposed to in somewhere in your life. But we go back a long way. And the oldest written language is only about 5,000 years old. And there's a line in Wikipedia that, that's pretty cool. I, I, I tried to commit it to memory, but basically it says, all the, pre all the religious history is pre-written history. The biggest, the biggest majority of religious history is pre-writing. And then they go on to say, an archaeologist tell us about it. I did some other research. This spiral that I have on my belt buckle, I get compliments for it a lot. And I say thank you, and I give them a little story about it. It's the most ancient archaeologists have proposed religious symbol. It's about infinity. It's about relationship. It's about eternity. Because you see, you start from the middle. And you spin out forever. So our ancestors concocted an idea of how to relate with, to everything that was other. The forces of nature, the seasons, the changes, death. Archaeologists like burial mounds. They see burial mounds as, as, as reflective of the religious value system of those ancient people. And they got real excited when they first found the first ones that had, had, had items in it for the journey, for the future, for eternity. Foodstuffs, or some, some, some tools that told them that those folks who buried their beloved thought and hoped for something beyond this existence. The religious sentiment is about how we want to relate to everything that's here and everything that's eternal. Think about your age, whatever age you are today. You started out at one <laughs> or zero, and you're moving to some number. In that time and in this process, we've been able to relate to eternity, conscious of things around us, the books, the art, the music, the friendships, the loves we share, the disappointments, all that enlivening activity been a part of our participation in eternity. And that's a spiritual thing. That's a powerful thing. 
It speaks to our need and our desire to be related. Okay, Dope, where are you going with all this? How to be in the world is the challenge of all of us. How to be success, not successful. How to just be in the world with joy and with appreciation and with hope and with affirmation. What, what, what are those sacred elements that we need? What are the sacred sentiments we need? What are the things that, that bless us and lift us and direct us? It's not violence. It's not things. It's not even a good meal. It's the feelings we express one to another in our caring and our kindness. It's how we tell our stories, like Amy did this morning, with joy and exuberance. A little silly, but it comes back with a simple point that we make our reality. We determine how we're going to see the world. And some of us are touched by some chemical imbalances in our head, depression, or struggles with, with being positive in the world, but the reality comes down to the fact that we shape our positive or our negative lives. And we do it as best we can with the gifts that are given. And it's those friends and those acquaintances and those affirmations we engage day in and day out that keep us going. That is the gift of holiness. That's not about a God of salvation that's going to make things right. That's us living the fullness of our life, being able to accept and appreciate the gifts that we have to share with one another. We've grown a long way from those old ancient days, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 years ago. Just think of that. Just try to put yourself, oh, the time machine's been turned off. You can't look at it anymore. But think about that experience that our, our ancestors have been to, through. And science is teaching us today that that is imp implanted in us in the DNA that we carry. A lot of those sentiments, a lot of those experiences, a lot of our, shape how we are. We're adaptive animals. We're smart. We've got the opposing thumb and the means of the communication. Those two tools make us nearly invincible on this globe. And I think we're acting out in our immaturity of our teenage years right now because we don't like the amount of change that our growth is causing us. We've got hormones going all over the place because we've been able to create the destructions means to our own destruction. And much that's going on is an acting out of anger and rage of, of, of all the differences in the world that we can't control. What is it in 50, uh, 2050 or 2060? We're going to be a brown nation. We're not going to be white anymore. The literature I'm reading about white supremacy and the activities in politics and in culture around that, there's a fear about that. What's that fear based on? What is that fear based on? On history. That song said, learn from our history. We've learned from our history that those who are in power, if they do not express grace, kindness, and encouragement and affirmation of everyone else, we've got trouble. We've got hate in the system, and the hate moves through the system to be hurtful in times ahead. So here we are, a little band of believers, a little bunch of hopers, I hope, hoping that our expressions of kindness, of generosity, of faith will touch other people, one by one. Not some great story from ancient times about a God or a Savior that's going to make things okay. You're okay. You're equipped with the ingredients to be a whole and holy person. The choices we make, the lessons we've learned, 
the teachings we've been involved in, the hurts, the wounds we carry. Hopefully all of us are wise, can be wise enough and holy enough to say, hey, that's important for me to know about. Next time I can do it this way. It's so hard for us to change. It's so hard for us to be different than how we were programmed as our kids. Our mom and dad did a work on us for good or ill. Our family around us did a work on us for good or ill. We can't go back and change all that. But as reflective and thoughtful people, we can look at ourselves and take ourselves seriously and honestly and get past the denials of it's somebody else's fault. I can't do that. I really think the Holy Spirit of life comes into us when we extend beyond our hurts, beyond our struggles, beyond our depressions, out to another person to encourage and affirm them. That's where liveliness takes place. I sort of have a love-hate relationship with a painting by Leonardo da Vinci. I think, I guess it's in the Sistine Chapel. It's always been in the history books. You know the one I'm speaking about. It's this old man with a beard, God, Adam side of life or humanity on the other side just waiting for the touch that's not a picture of God that's an illustration of how we can be to one another that we're waiting for the touch of healing that we can give one another it's metaphorical but it's the affirmation I'm really mad I'm getting so old I'm getting old now and I'm looking and reading more history as I go along and I'm getting so mad at the choices our ancestors have and I'm so ticked off at the inheritance we've got. We've got an inheritance that greed is good, that difference is a danger, and that we've got to control all this with power, some type of power. Military, intellectual, blood, white superiority. We've got to rethink this. We've got to redetermine a, a, an image and an ideal for us that it's all a part of the changes of life, that we are good in the mix, we're good to go, we're able to respond and adapt and move through this. React, react, reactionary attitudes, beliefs, whether it be religious or political or cultural, are deadly. They will kill us because it only provokes violence. And violence doesn't breed anything but death. The only thing that we have for our salvation is kindness and caring, and we live it day in and day out. If the religions of the world cannot preach and live that, they're just on a, making a show, and I shouldn't put down religions of that. But you, I remember, I think, a, a, a quote from the New Testament, and Jesus says, love one another. Love one another. That's pretty simple, and it's God-awful real. Because when we know that, when we experience that from our friends, or just a happenstance, we get the feeling on a beautiful day, we are okay. And we have hope. And we can move through tomorrow. Really interesting about that survey I took. The prayer was for protection or for thanksgiving. Really, that's a thoughtful kind of thing to think about. It's an attitude adjustment. It's faith. It's faith. It's trusting in an ideal <coughs> Excuse me, and shaping our lives around that idea, walking slowly toward it, crawling toward it, stumbling toward it, but being faithful to it. The great teachers. Have you heard of any great teacher that we remember 
that promoted violence that anybody idolizes? A few folk. The gods of war still have, have adherents, still have people who support them because they're so steeped in the fear of the change and their ability to cope with it. What we need to do as agents of love is to demonstrate and model, even in our brokenness, even in our, in our, in our woundedness, that love and acceptance and affirmation is possible. Racial issues, misogyny, the objectification of another person is the evil that confronts us today. That that person can be a victim, we'll just bomb them. We'll just put them in cages. I used to have this thing about, well, it's just business, folks. I don't understand. It's just business. No, it's not business. It's humanity trying to work out its ongoing relationship on this planet with some type for 7.7 .7 billion people that's growing Clicking, 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 clicking. We've got to start learning how to do that, and it starts with each one of us. I'd love for us to do a little survey, another little survey here. Count up our descendants in this room right now. What we got? Thousand? I got five. Let's think about that. That goes out into the future. And some of our DNA, culturally, religiously, as moral people, are a part of that. And that we have time, no matter where we are in our journey, to continue the blessings and continue trying to express love and goodwill and hope in our lives. Keeping it real, keeping it simple. Jesus said love one another. Can you improve on that? Yes, you've got to define what love is. Love is respect, regard, understanding that that person is not an object. That person is my kin, folks. Part of the part of the family on this globe. There are difference in color, difference in geography, difference in size, difference in shape, difference in gender identity, but they are family. You don't hurt your family. We just got to broaden the concept of what family is. And I think that's what religion, spirituality, our life gives us the opportunity to do. Are we going to win? Nope. We aren't going to win. It's not about winning. It's about being on the side of history and goodness. It's about being what we're capable of being. Rather, I've done too many funerals, folks. When it's done, it's done, I think. I maybe would like to see Danny again. I'd like to talk to him once in a while. But you've got the general idea. We've got an opening of our lives. How many days we got left? How many years we've got left? If we expressed affirmation and hope and the possibility of that person, that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. That don't mean... We don't do evil things sometimes. We take the shortcut. We, we don't trust our abilities. We're tired. We're fatigued. It's just too hard to do it anymore. That's okay. Grace is big enough to can't handle all that. It's, we're heading in the right direction. We're leaning in toward hope, and we're being what we can be in a world that needs us, in a world that needs us. Politics, religion, culture. Look at all the hurt. Look at all the violence. Look at all meanness. That, that's not what we intended to be about. That's not what the joy of life is for. That's not what creation has given us a possibility for. Resist and hope and share the love. And the Quakers did it pretty well. They just should have had babies. <laughs> Sixteen, tis a gift to be simple. Thank you.